Hey everyone, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals you have in your life and what next steps do you need to take to get there. I'm your host, Darren Johnson, and welcome to episode 38. I am so glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in. You're going to love our guest. He is DJ Vanis, and he is an internationally acclaimed speaker for Fortune 500 companies, hundreds of tribal nations, and over 7,000 audiences nationwide. Now, he's an enrolled member of the Ottawa Tribe of Michigan and a former U.S. Air Force officer. And he inspires others to apply the power of the warrior spirit in business and in life. Now, DJ is the author of a brand new book, fantastic, it's called The Warrior Within. And he was featured in the PBS film, The Warrior Tradition. Now, I'm so glad that DJ and I were finally able to sync our calendars. He is on the road a lot. So am I. <laughs> I think it was worth the wait. Maybe, just maybe, focusing on ourself, on self-mastery, is exactly what's needed for us to become the best leader of others that we can be. You know, as you're listening to this conversation with DJ, you're going to get hit with a few ahas, I guarantee it. When that happens, take a screenshot on your phone and then post that to Instagram. Tag at I Dare You Pod and Darren Johnson 1 and uh, let me know what your biggest ahas were. You're going to get a bunch. So now, everyone, DJ is here. Episode 38 is about to begin. I hope you're ready. Here, everyone, is DJ Vanis. DJ, welcome to the podcast. It's good to have you here. Thanks for having me, Darren. Happy to be here. All right, DJ, you heard my introduction of you. Um, I just gave you maybe 15 seconds of your background. And tell us a little bit about who you are and how did you land in doing what you're doing right now? Doing some pretty, pretty cool things with your life. I appreciate it. Yeah, I kind of, uh, it's been a, a wild journey to get here. Um, I'm originally from Muskegon, Michigan. I'm a tribal enrolled member of the Ottawa Nation. Um, I am a former military officer, so I'm a proud graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy, served 10 years active duty, and um, I got out to do this type of work full time. <clears throat> and now what I do is I show people and organizations how to use our traditional Native American warrior principles in action uh, to get better results in what we do in leadership and life and especially in service to others. Um, I'm a three-time author. My latest book just came out this month called The Warrior Within. Uh, Great book. Thank you very much. A uh, lot of work. Uh, happy with how it turned out. Uh, but Penguin Random House is the publisher for that. And um, so I go around and do these programs all over. I'm primarily a speaker, a keynoter, and I write on the side. So I love what I get to do for a living. Uh, it's a blessing and no two weeks are ever quite the same for me. And uh, I like it that way. All right. Well, you, you brought up your background, obviously, in indigenous peoples. And tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, what, what are some of those principles that really stand out, especially in this area of leadership? And what would yeah. some of those be? Yeah, leadership uh, in our tribal communities was always done by consensus. It was, you know, it was leadership at its best, which is leadership by, you know, when we're doing it at our best, it's more of an invitation to follow than it is an edict or an order. And so that's the way that, you know, leadership was all, uh, you know, community-based. There's so much goodness that comes from our traditional native leaders that sacrifice so much uh, to take care of and protect their people. So DJ, you are, um, your background, you are part of the Ottawa Nation. Is that, is that right? Yes. Okay. Yep. What, what, is there, what is there about the Ottawa Nation, if I'm saying that correctly, right, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. that, that makes that unique? Yeah, yeah. Well, we got our name through a miscommunication. We call ourselves Anishinaabe, which means the people. The way that we got our name was 
you know, in the early 1600s, we were known for being, um, having this vibrant industrious trade network set up with all the tribes in the area. So we had birch bark canoes. Uh, that's what we were famous for. And <clears throat> birch bark we use for everything, containers, housing, but these canoes were woodlands engineering at its best. I mean, these mm. things were, it could be 18 feet long and weigh as little as 35 pounds. The hulls were only a quarter of an inch thick. They were light, <laughs> maneuverable, fast. And in the early 1600s, the French came and discovered us, you know, which yeah. is, uh, of course, a joke. <laughs> right, we were exactly. there doing our thing and they came up to us and they asked us, you know, what are you doing? Or, or who are you? And we thought they asked, what are you doing? So we answered in our language, we said, Odawa, which in our language means to trade. Oh. And they go, sacre bleu, you'll be Odawa. And we got, you know, the history books printed us that way. So it was a miscommunication. And, um, but we were known for that. We were, we were traders. Uh, we lived, we, you know, applied the rivers and lakes of Michigan and Southern Canada. Uh, we were also known for tapping the trees in our own backyard, specifically maple and creating that wonderful concoction we all know as maple syrup. There you uh, go. You're welcome, you know, for everybody <laughs> out there who enjoys maple syrup. <laughs> But that's what we were, we were known for. We were, um, we were a culture that <clears throat> we, uh, like I said, were allied with the Ojibwe's, Potawatomi's, um, had conflicts at times with the Iroquois to the east of us and the Dakotas or, you know, Woodlands uh, people to the west of us. So that's kind of where our, our home was, is uh, Michigan and Southern Ontario, Canada. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I'm, I'm reading this book, um, DJ, it's called West of the Revolution. It's, it's a, it's about 1776. Yeah. Everything was happening obviously out East, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it talks about what's happening during that time West of, you know, 1776, Boston, New England. And it yeah. has a lot of great information about the Ottawa nation and how they mm-hmm. really helped. They were key traders and key for that expansion West and, and with the furs and the beaver pelt. And yep. it's just fascinating the history that the Ottawa people have in obviously North America. And to your point, so much of the history books, you know, they, they, they misrepresent a lot of that history, but from what yes. I'm reading, it sounds, sounds interesting. Does that track so far? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. And we covered a lot of ground. I mean, uh, you know, travel wise with our canoes and, um, but we, yeah, facilitated all that trade, you know, that we had a really successful industry, you know, set up in that area. It seems like you are, are on a mission here. You have a definite purpose for what, what you are doing. And yeah. if I may, what, why are you so committed to this type of what I would call a life where you are, you're everywhere, you're traveling, yeah. you're speaking, you are, why, why are you doing this? Because I want to share as many good ideas with as many people as possible while I'm on this earth. That's my, that's my passion. And I love sharing these principles from our Native American cultures because they are beautiful, they're powerful, they've been proven to work in the worst of times, they're accessible to anyone, they, they don't just have to be within our tribal communities, they're great principles about resiliency, strength, you know, leadership with courage, and continuing to serve other people at our best, regardless of circumstances, so I love being able to share that with people. That's about as, as succinct of a mission statement as I've heard, right, yeah. so <laughs> good, good for you, I mean, that's, that's amazing, your new book is called The Warrior Within, with the subtitle, Own Your Power to Serve, Fight, Protect, and Heal. Do you consider this book a leadership book or a personal development book? Or how, how would you describe what kind of a book this is? It's a, it's a personal mastery book. Um, I, I want to, you know, the, the next book that I want to work on will be more in the leadership realm. But this is about getting ourselves right, hmm. getting ourselves on solid ground, operating with agency, with a sense of purpose, 
with that, that warrior spirit intact that says, I will find a way forward. And that's what all 10 chapters are dedicated to is, is how to stay, you know, strong, resilient, focused in a world of chaos. And remember, you know, why we're here, which is to serve others. I mean, that was the ultimate role of a warrior in our tribal communities. It was to be a servant, you know, it was to be a, a contributor to your tribe. Um, it wasn't about glory. It wasn't about, it wasn't self-serving. It was somebody who dedicated their life to developing their creator given talents and abilities so that it could be an asset or a benefit to the tribe they serve. Yeah. So what are, what are some of those ways that, uh, that we can as leaders and as people really mm -hmm. focus inward in a way that prepares us for that next step? Give us just a couple of thoughts on that. Yeah, because that's where it starts leadership by example, right? Um, knowing ourself, um, taking care of ourself is huge. I'm a, I'm a adamant about that in the book. I, I say, you know, you can't be a warrior if you're falling apart. That focus of getting ourselves right is knowing ourselves better, you know, knowing how we operate, kind of almost a user's manual for ourselves so we can get better results in what we do. You know, I've heard a few interviews with you and in the book as well, you talk about how, and this phrase, like finding this power in the face of chaos. What, what have you observed? Have you been talking to people and, you know, working through the pandemic like all of us have? Tell us a little bit more about this chaos and why is now the time for us to find this power? What are you seeing? Yeah, we live in a world of distraction. We live in a world of drama. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's a fear-based type of, you know, uh, media, you know, environment that we're in. And it really does add confusion, anxiety, conflict within our own minds. And so uh, a big part of changing that is getting clarity within ourselves. And that was one of the chapters I dedicated to, you know, vision questing for life. You know, we have ceremonies in our tribal communities to figure out what that looks like for us to get back to a sense of clarity, um, back to a sense of inner peace, and, and which also is connected to inner strength. And so like for vision quest, for instance, you know, the, the word is hamblechiyapi, which is to cry for a vision. And you don't understand why they call it that until you go out on one, you know, four days, four nights, no food, no water, no shelter. And I have never had a more clarifying experience in my life. It was like the dirt settled in my mud puddle. Really? For the first time. Oh, yeah. It was a game changer. And take us take us through yeah. that. The vision quest process. What is that like um, from beginning till end? <laughs> to try to describe it. Well, you're, you're out in a patch of wilderness by yourself in an area the size of a tabletop. And it's just you, your prayer pipe, a blanket. And that's it. And your whole purpose is to pray for guidance, for direction, so that you have more clarity on what your path is going to look like and, and why you're here. And so you get rid of the distraction. There's no fighting your way, you know, through traffic on the way to work, nobody talking in your ear, no media. It's you and outdoors. And it's, and like I said, it's an ultimate exercise in getting back to um, a place of clarity. And you don't have to go through that traditional ceremony <laughs> to get that. I mean, we that was my follow-up. Yeah. 10 minutes of every morning. And, and I'm a, you know, big believer in doing that every day, whether I'm, you know, here at home or on the road, I start my days the same way and just get that place of clarity before I start swirling the, the mud puddle again. Boy, it's easy to fall into that, isn't it? Good for you. I mean, we just had a, just had a guest on the podcast. His name is Mark Champagne. And he, he talked about the, the power of that first 10 minutes, the first 10 minutes of each day can really set the tone for those, not only your mood, but also your mindset. Yes. And what does your first 10 minutes look like, if I may, sir? Yeah, ten, it's 10 minutes of solitude. 
of absolute quiet. Um, I reflect on, you know, just getting into a sense of my myself, getting grounded within, um, you know, focus on my breathing. And then I start thinking about the most important things to get done that day. And it's always a handful. I know we always think we have a million things to do. <laughs> that is a quick way for overwhelm and chaos. So think about the handful of things that are most important to get done, the type of person I want to be in that day, and, and to, you know, basically pray for strength uh, to handle whatever life may throw my way. And we never know what that's going to look like. But when mm -hmm. I do that, the quality of my day is, you know, very different than just starting the day like we typically do. You know, you get it, roll out of bed, you immediately hit, hit the ground running, you show up to work, you know, you're 10 minutes late for the meeting that started 10 minutes ago without you, you got a cup of coffee the size of a human head. And it's just <laughs> chaos, you know, through the whole day. And we wonder why we, you know, leave the day and we're like, don't feel like we got much done because we are doing the worst thing a, a warrior can do in battle, which is dividing and conquering ourselves before the fight even starts. Yeah. So we got to get grounded first. That helps tremendously. A mentor of mine, DJ, uh, his name is Jerry McCabe. In fact, he may listen to this podcast, mm -hmm. but Jerry took me to a silent retreat. It was a Jesuit retreat in which you just couldn't talk to anybody for about three or four days. And I, you know, I went because my mentor, Jerry said, oh, you're going to enjoy it. DJ, I couldn't believe it. It was so transformational and I get chills thinking about it. I can't even put it into words. Yeah. And believe me, I wasn't in a tabletop. I wasn't, I didn't have a pipe with me and all that. Um, but what is there about that time that yeah. makes it so transformational? What is it? it well, it's slowing down. It's slowing down so that we get, you know, back to a place that I, I find this to be true. The slower I move and the quieter I am, the louder the voice within me becomes. I can hear what's important, what matters, what direction I should be going in. I can hear that stuff. And we can't when we're constantly in chaos, when we're constantly throwing our time in a million different directions, you know, we feel like we get nothing done. And we, and that's the reality is we don't. You know, it's, uh, and we feel it. I mean, it's the most yeah. frustrating thing, right? I mean, it feels like too little peanut butter on too much toast. And, and we feel it at a core level that this is not how I want my day to be. But we are the ones who have to make those choices. But yeah, slowing down quiet is, is huge. It just, like I said, it gives us mental breathing space and it lets the dirt settle in our mud puddle in a way that just adds so much to, you know, clarity. Uh, and we, and that's a rare commodity in the world now because the mm. speed of life is the speed of light. And we're all, you know, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle if we don't do this for ourselves. That's good advice. Everyone listening to think about your day and where are you at in the day and what's the day been like so far? So has it been chaos <laughs> or has it been filled with silence and a little more intentional thought? I think for all of us, we, you know, we're all on different scales of that, but what, what could we do uh, starting today and the next day and the next day, just to maybe focus on on less. And DJ, you, you mentioned it, right? When you turn the volume down, mm -hmm. the volume increases on other things that you haven't heard in a while that just come from yes. where yes. DJ, God, we, the universe. We, yeah. Yes. All yes, yes, yes. Um, we have two ways of learning in our tribe. We have, we have Kandaswin and Bokadwin and Kandaswin is head learning. It's logic. We need that. You know, one plus one equals two. We live in that type of a world. But what we tend to forget about is Bokadwin, which is that learning, that heart learning, that intuition, that gut feel wow. that comes to us when we're quiet. We have to make the time to be able to do that for ourselves because without it, when we're constantly in distraction, constantly in chaos, um, we are much more likely to become overwhelmed, 
to have our anxiety jacked up through the roof and our performance drops our you know, our mental wellness drops, and then we're not effective in what we're setting out to do. So DJ, I've been dying to ask you this question, sir, because uh, you talk a lot about apathy. I think it's the, well, and what I put in the book is, you know, the biggest threat to delivering great service in whatever we've committed to do is not lack of resources. It's not lack of time, of budget, personnel, support. We're always going to have those limitations. The biggest threat to delivering great service and what we do in life is apathy. It's where we just stop fighting as hard, where we're disengaged, where we're just going through the motions. You know, we're, we're in a weird time right now. I mean, the, the working from home, working remotely, I just heard Malcolm Gladwell talking about this the other day. He said, you know, people want to be part of something. And I can definitely understand that, you know, that, that in our tribal communities, that's why they have survived and thrived through everything because there was a bonding, there was a sense of belonging through the ups and downs. And when you don't feel that because you're working remotely, we feel disconnected. You know, we're social creatures by design. We're neurologically hardwired for connection. Right. And I was taught traditionally by my elders, we're a lot more like bees and ants than we are like eagles. So when we're separated from each other, you know, we are diminished. Um, we are not going to be able to be that best version of ourselves because we are not meant to do this alone. If we're doing it alone, we're doing it wrong. We're actually yeah. violating the laws of nature. Mm, and we I love suffer that. for it. Yeah, we do. There's this loneliness epidemic right now, isn't there? We've yeah. fallen into some bad habits. Yes. And the thing is, it's it, the moment that we go through struggle and strain is the moment we're most likely to withdraw, but it's also the moment where it's most beneficial to reach out. So we have that inner conflict that we kind of got to you know, get ourselves through to know that you know that feeling of withdrawal might be natural because we're hurting, but that's the moment where we need to leverage how we're wired and built as human beings, which is wow. we are better. We, you know, warriors never fought alone. That was another thing I'm, I'm adamant about in the book. Why? Because that's dumb. You know, <laughs> you're only ever going to accomplish so much on your own. Right. You know, warriors fought together because they drew from each other. You know, when you're in an environment of bravery and courage, you become brave and courageous. You know, if you're in an environment where you're alone, um, it's easy to feel you know, like as soon as challenges start to rise up, it's easy to walk away. Um, when you're surrounded by strength, we become stronger. So mm. we, we need people. You know, I have to tell you, when I first learned about your book, I saw the title and a friend also told me about your book and the title, I thought, okay, I know what this is going to be about, right? This is going to be about the warrior within. This is going to be about, it's the, the, the hero, the, um, the one person doing incredible things, and what I'm learning from you here in the book, nothing could be further from the truth. Tell us yes. a little bit more about what is this warrior within? Yeah, the warrior within. And first of all, I'm glad that you're highlighting that because when we start over romanticizing that warrior role that we see so often in Hollywood imagery, you know, it's that person standing on a mountaintop, channeling lightning. They don't need anybody. <laughs> they don't deal with fear. They're not, they're not scared. They don't feel pain. They don't need anybody. They don't need encouragement. They only need the next worthy challenge. And that's all a bunch of baloney. You know, the, the warrior within is that person who's dedicated their lives to having impact in the lives of others. You know, so that warrior within is somebody who's dedicated their lives to service, you know, and it's for three reasons. Number one, service is our highest calling. You know, if we're not put here to serve others, why the heck are we here at all? Number two, it's our deepest need. We all have a need to feel valued at some level, everybody does. And we can get that need fulfilled or some of it when we serve somebody else really well. I mean, that's the, 
you know, that's the ultimate game of connect the dots. Yeah. And the third reason why service is the heart of it all, that warrior role is because service is the, it's the thing that outlives us. It's our legacy. It's what we leave behind us when we're gone. You know, and every day that we get up, we're putting another piece of the puzzle into that image that we're going to leave behind us when we draw our last breath. Mm. You know, all the tribal communities I've worked with over the years that have been privileged to serve, I've worked with over 500 tribal nations. And every time one of those communities loses an, loses an elder, they have a celebration and a feast and they reflect on that elder's life. And they don't talk about, you know, the car that elder drove or where they vacation. They talk about that, those moments that that elder had an impact in somebody else's life, where they shared some wisdom, some guidance, some encouragement, maybe some humor, uh, a moment where they were a shoulder to cry on or a hand to hold to somebody that needed it the most. You know, that's what gets remembered in the end. So it's, it's a powerful thing. But that warrior role, like I said, it transcends race, gender, age, stage of life. It's for anybody that wants to make an impact in the world. Um, that's what this book was written for. So many high achievers out there, they're chasing big goals. And when they miss reaching a goal, suddenly they think that, wait a minute, now I've just, I'm a loser. I've, I have failed. And it impacts their mindset and their, their ability then to keep pushing and keep moving. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've, heard, I've heard many people say, you know what, there's no, there's no shame in walking away from something. And I'd love a warrior perspective on this. How do we know as people who are chasing big goals, how do we know when to stop and when to re- recalibrate a bit? Um, mm-hmm. what, what, how does a warrior view that? Yeah, and I unpack that in the book. A great, great question here. And this is something we can all relate to is I talk about in the book, the difference between surrendering and quitting. Uh, because our warriors were, you know, tr- in, in the past were outmatched, um, that outmatched numbers wise, technologically, you know, I mean, they were overwhelmed with, you know, what they were going through, yeah. but they, they were never short on warrior spirit. What they didn't do was quit. Uh, even the great leaders like crazy horse, uh, chief Joseph, they, they surrendered, uh, because they were thinking about their people and the survival of their tribe, but they never quit. You know, quitting is when things get tough, difficult, uncomfortable. We walk away and we go, man, I just, I don't like doing that. And it's, it's hard and I can't do it. That's diff- different than surrendering. Surrendering is when we come to the end of our power, where, the, where we realize that the things that we're doing over and over again are not getting any result anymore. And sometimes actually is doing more harm than good. Wow. You know, like when, when somebody's struggling with mental, you know, mental wellness, for instance, is I think one of the most courageous acts is to reach out and say, I need some help here. No. You know, one of my, one of my buddies in the book that I highlighted, uh, Alex White, bronze star for valor in uh, combat action in Iraq, you know, he, he had severe PTSD. He was a special forces in, in the army. And um, it took a lot of courage for him. You know, the stuff that he did in uniform was amazing. But for me, that real act of courage was the moment he realized he needed help. Wow. And so there's a difference between surrendering our, our warriors surrendered, but they never quit. And that's why that warrior spirit, I think, is so critically important in the world. We can have all the resources in the world, but if we don't have a warrior spirit driving it, it doesn't do us or anybody else any good. So that's the difference. And quitting, by the way, it's a horrible habit <laughs> to foster because once you quit in something, the next time you quit is a little bit easier. <laughs> and then it gets a little bit easier and then it becomes a new kind of behavior pattern. What is it that you want people to think or do differently as a result of reading this book? What is it? 
I want people to walk away after they read the book with a renewed sense of confidence in themselves, what they can do, uh, what they can achieve in this world, um, you know, to realize that they're a lot stronger, a lot more capable than maybe they, they're giving themselves credit for. And, you know, the, the entire book is all about the strategies to put ourselves on a, you know, operate from solid ground and to be able to do it sustainably day in and day out for a lifetime. Um, not to be brave in this moment or this week, but to be brave and, and courageous, you know, for the journey ahead. And so that's what I hope people walk away from that. They get excited about their potential all over again. And they realize that, you know, hey, even if we're uh, going through tough times and we're stumbling in the right direction, it's still the right direction. You know, that's the takeaway there is uh, hopefully the book gives them some encouragement to keep going forward and to, to remind themselves that they're stronger than they know. You know, when you're talking to people like me in these podcasts and you're doing your public speaking and what is it, what is the thing that people tend to miss about this topic? Is there one or two things that people just really seem to miss the first time around in this whole notion of the warrior within? Yes, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. Like I said, I, I think we over romanticize the role and we sometimes do it in our own tribal communities. Like I said, we make it this shiny iconic figure that's not accessible. You know, it's not real. And, and I think we do the role a disservice, you know, when we do that, we make it, you know, oh, I could never be that or that that's too high for me. It's like oh, when we understand what the role of a warrior was to be a contributor, you know, to be somebody who was in service to others, it wasn't a, you know, they stumbled, they fell, made mistakes, cried to the heavens, you know, um, experienced pain, experienced fear, but our warriors kept going. They did not quit in pursuit of that contribution. And so that's what I, I wanted to do in the book is make it more accessible um, for anybody that wants to use these principles. You know, it's not about perfection. It's not about, you know, being the toughest kid, you know, in, on the block or it's and it and it goes beyond. It doesn't require a uniform or combat boots. You know, this is something that it, it's a role that's, you know, a beautiful archetype of service in this world that I got excited to share. And that's why I wrote the book. Love it. Hey, how should we follow you, DJ, uh, to follow all the things you're doing and keep keep track of uh, what's going on? Uh, best way to reach me is on my website, nativediscovery.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, um, also on uh, Facebook at Building Warriors. And um, I have a YouTube channel. So but nativediscovery.com is kind of the center point for all that. Uh, and, and to find uh, my newest book, The Warrior Within, as well. So, DJ, you're talking to the vast I Dare You podcast audience, and they're chasing big goals. What would yeah. be your I Dare You challenge to everyone who's taking some next steps? What advice do you have for them? Uh, I would say I dare you to look back at your past and collect those moments where you showed courage and bravery. Um, I think that we don't do that nearly as often as we should. And so the next time we run into that scary moment, we kind of forget all those moments that led us up to that place. You know, I, I think that we can store away what I call a courage reservoir. You know, when we reflect on those moments where we, you know, we crushed it, we brought it, you know, we, we delivered, you know, we rose to the challenge is when those moments like that happen, we need to reflect on those and, and let that kind of sink in. And the reason why that's important is because the next time you run into that scary moment, especially doing big projects, big goals, I get it. I mean, I'm all about that. And, the, and no matter how many I've done over the years, there's still fear there, you know, but I can look back at that courage re reservoir and examine and say, you know what, I've been here before. I can do hard things. 
and you're not going based on faith. Faith is great, but when you have that courage reservoir and you reflect on that, you're basing that idea, that belief on evidence. And that's a powerful thing when you look back and you said, I've been here before, I've done this, I've got this, no problem, I can do this. It's a great way to end, end our time together, DJ. I appreciate being here on the podcast and the warrior within this transformational guide. It's such a cool perspective on self-mastery and steps that we can take uh, to live, live our best life. So thank you for bringing to the to the forefront for us. And thank you very much, DJ, for being part of the podcast. Chimigwech, thank you very much, Darren, for having me and uh, appreciate the time. Okay, that's DJ Vanis. What fun it was to get to know him and to find out how his view on the warrior within influences our own self-mastery and leadership. These warrior principles gives a whole different perspective on things and serving others and how by focusing on ourselves first allows us to become the best leader that we can be. Now that you listen to this episode, please do share with a couple others who you're thinking of right now that might benefit from this conversation. Also, follow me on Instagram, at DarrenJohnson1. I would love it if you would send me a message. Let me know how you're liking these episodes. And while you're at it, follow the I Dare You podcast, at I Dare You Pod. There you'll find exclusive content and videos. And um, yeah, you just won't find it anywhere else. I would love to see you there. I want to thank you again for listening to the I Dare You podcast, this episode. Uh, I appreciate it so much. You have so many options right now in life <laughs> with what you can listen to and consume for information. So the fact that you spent some time here on this podcast means the world to me, and I want you to know how much I appreciate you for doing that. And I can't wait for you to hear episode 39, another great guest sharing insights that you don't want to miss. I can't wait for you to hear it. I'll see you then.